Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. P with Mr. P Explorers, and if you are tuning in right now, you are back for yet another episode of Mr. P's Tales from the Road. Happy Thursday. How's it going out there? I hope you guys are having a wonderful week so far. Uh, I am I am definitely cruising towards the weekend here, guys. It's been one of those weeks, as always, just crazy busy all over the place, but I hope you and yours are well. Whatever you happen to be doing right now, or wherever you're at in the world, from here all the way across the seas into Great Britain. I hope you guys are having a great time. Uh, shout out to all my folks out there in the UK that are listening right now. Uh, it's awesome to have you guys here. Not that it's not awesome to have all of you all here in the States with me as well, but it's just kind of neat that there's people listening on the other side of the pond. Uh, anyway, um, I'm really glad to have you guys here. Uh, if you've been following the podcast the last couple days, you know that I am in the middle of a, of a semi-new, kind of a new format of something that I'm, I'm trying out here just during the Halloween season. Uh, it is called Mr. P's Rust Belt Mythology. All right, and uh, if you've listened to that, you know we've already talked about Detroit's Nain Rouge, the Red Dwarf, and and what Rust Belt Mythologies is all about is just tales and and all about cryptids and ghosts and murder stories and just weird goings on all around the Rust Belt from different cities. Uh, You know, we'll hit Detroit. We'll talk about Cleveland and Pittsburgh and and Gary and all kinds of different legends from those areas, and they're told as as these these mythologies. Uh, If you guys don't know anything about me, many of you probably don't know this, um, I love a good story. Uh, I'm a storyteller. I come from a a, a couple generations of people who love to tell stories. Uh, That's what I do in school. I love to tell a good story. I also love world mythology. I love all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, I really get into that stuff. Right now, in fact, in school, I am teaching 7th graders all about the Greek gods and goddesses. If you've never read up on that stuff, you know that the Greek gods and goddesses are absolute animals. And it's fun to talk about because they're just so bizarre. Uh, But those are the kind of stories I love to tell. And uh, digging into some history uh, around the Rust Belt, there's some cool stories to tell. So... Intermixed with, with, with these episodes, you'll be getting these short 10-minute, 15-minute episodes of me telling you stories about Rust Belt's weirdness. So stay tuned for that. Uh, if you haven't heard the Nain Rouge episode yet, it's, it's, it's one episode back. Go take a look. It's a short listen. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun reading it and writing it. So uh, check it out. Uh, today we're going to do a question and answer episode. It's been a while since we've done one of these. Um, it's been a while. I've been stockpiling questions. A lot of questions have been coming in from different listeners and from different people on the Facebook page have been sending in things. So, uh, we're going to do that today. And as you guys know, my, my Q and A episodes always tend to be fun because you never know where they're going to go. Uh, I have randomly picked different things from off of the, my, my ongoing list and, uh, we just read them off and, uh, see where things go. And a lot of times awesome stuff gets jogged, things that I totally forgot about get jogged in my memory and we're off to the races. So, uh, I'm just going to dive in here as I always do and, uh, we'll see where this takes us. Um, so my list today, uh, it's a sizable one. We'll try to keep it, we'll try to keep it short today, at least shorter. Uh, we don't want to go over an hour for sure. I don't think we have that many, but, uh, here we go. Question number one. All right. What's the darkest thing you've ever seen in an exploration? And by dark, I mean morbid, strange, or just bad vibes. Well, um, I would have to say for this question, there's a couple things I could go with, but I think the, the weirdest, creepiest, just darkest place I've ever been where I just felt not right, was the basement of, a, of an abandoned orphanage in Northeast Ohio, um, near Alliance, Ohio. There was an, an orphanage uh, whose main building had burned down. This was like the secondary building, and uh, we were exploring the basement of this place. And according to the local legends, there had been some horrible shenanigans that had gone down here 
long ago where the people who ran the place had been abusing the kids and, you know, just horrible tales of torture. And whether those are true or not, I don't know. But supposedly this all happened down in the basement area of this of this building. So when we checked this out, this was way back in 2019, right around this time, right around early October. We were down there, uh, we, we went out in the basement, and just it was just this maze of dimly lit corridors. You know, we have some windows that are shining light from, like, the, the upper part of the, the basement walls, just shining some light down. Very, very dim, very, just, just a, the energy down there was very sluggish, let's put it that way. Uh, we come to the end of this corridor, in what would have been the corner of the building, and we find what had to have been a restroom or shower area, uh, there had been a sink, there had been two urinals, and in the corner is this old shower stall, like, made out of, like, concrete shower stall. Like, you walk in through it, it's, it looks like this little little portal, and you walk in, and there's, you know, what, what, they look like gym showers from way back in the day, right? These old, nasty gym showers where you could put a couple kids in there at a time, and they'd shower, and you know, just this dim, nasty place. Uh, and <laughs> I, I never forget this because the whole place was painted red. The entire shower area was painted red. And my buddy and I both looked at each other and we just both got these vibes. We didn't have to say anything. It was just these horrible, it was just a horrible, heavy vibe. Like you knew something had happened in that room. Something had happened in this area. I don't know how to explain it to you guys. I don't know how to put it into words that would make sense. But it, it was just a, a just a deep, deep badness of something that had happened there. Uh, and I've never been able to find out anything about this building. I've, I've dug deep. I did some research. There's not a whole lot to be said about it. Um, it's just a, it was just that we got a couple pictures and we got the hell out of there because it was not, it just, it just felt wrong. It felt like something was watching us and it was not happy and it was angry that we were there. It wanted us gone. So we left. <laughs> we, you know, when, when your gut tells you to get the hell out, you get the hell out. So we did that. Um, you know, dark, if you're looking for dark, that's probably the darkest I've ever had. I mean, we could see things. There was light in there, but it just darkest in the dark, the mood, the mood was dark. It's just, a, just you knew something bad had happened there. Now, as far as like strange things are concerned, you know that happens all the time. Um, you know, you name it, we've seen it. You know, we've, we've we we we. Uh, <laughs> how do I say this? Uh, we were in a church in Detroit. We were we were uh, my, my buddy Wasteland Explorer and I were 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 hosting some some gentlemen from St. Louis, and we were in one of the churches there, and uh, we were letting them shoot. This is a place we had already been many times. We're just kind of just kind of hosting these guys. So we're hanging out and we're letting them shoot. And we're just kind of wandering around the facility, and we go up to the, what used to be the rectory of this church, which is kind of separate. It was separated by a hallway, like a hallway, and then the the rectory is the building next door. So we go into the rectory, and we're just roaming around, and we turn the corner. We come up the stairs. We turn the corner, and what is there but a statue of Mary? And I totally don't want to get sacrilegious here. I, I, I am not meaning any sacrilegious anything to anybody who's Catholic here, but poor Mary, someone had affixed a, 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 a toy of some kind onto her face. And it was just like, oh, oh, God. It just was like, oh, I'm not a Catholic, all right? I'm not Catholic, but it still was just like, oh, this is so wrong in so many ways. Uh, so we, we turned around and left, and we let the St. Louis guys discover that on their own. And we could hear them go, oh, my God. And we heard them from all across the church, like, just go, oh, my God, what's this? Um, it was just, it was not something I was expecting to see. Um, and it was it was very just, oh, God, who would do that? Um 
But it happens. All right, any building you go into, you're going to find weird, weird stuff. We've found, uh, we've found all kinds of weird um, toys for that purpose uh, in different factories and in different places where you're like, how did this get here? Or why is it here? Somebody obviously brought this here to use it for something, and you just, you just have, you don't want to know. You don't want to know, and you put it out of your head, and you walk away. Um, but yeah, we found gas masks, like 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 looked like they were used in a, in a photo shoot, hanging on nails from factory walls. Just weird stuff. Um, I could go on and on and on about the, the crazy weird stuff we found. But um, those were probably the weirdest things. That was probably a, cu- a couple of the weirdest things there. All right. Um, I, again, I mean, for this time of year, I could go on about dark. Maybe maybe we'll do an episode of just weird things that we found in abandoned buildings. It would be it would be a whole episode of just weird stuff. I'll make a list for you, like the top the top twenty bizarre things Mister P has found in a building. Maybe we'll get to that. We got some time before Halloween, so maybe we'll do that. All right, next question: uh, What kind of flashlight do you use? Very good question. Um, I use a Phoenix F E N I X P D thirty five R. It's a 1700 lumen rechargeable LED tactical flashlight. Yes, I took that off the specs. <laughs> All right, it is a, a small little pocket flashlight, and it is awesome. Uh, it can light up a room really, really well. It's got different settings, and it even has a strobe. All right, uh, it's, it's an awesome little piece. You can put it right in your pocket. And uh, the only downside is if you use the higher levels of lumens, it, char- it, it, it kills the battery very quick, and it gets very hot. Uh, it's a very powerful flashlight, but it's a great flashlight to have. Especially if you're going down into basements and dark spaces where there's lots of places for things to hide or, you know, things to jump out at you. And by that, I mean like things that are laying on the floor that you can't see, right, that you might fall over or holes that you might go through, for instance. Um, you're, it, it's, and I'll say this now. It's a bad idea to do an explore with nothing but the flashlight on your phone. So it's a bad idea because uh, it doesn't cover a lot of territory. If you're in a big open space that's dark, you want something that's got power, this flashlight is definitely worth it. I mean, check this flashlight out. You can get it on Amazon. I think it was like, I want to say it was like 60 bucks. Definitely worth checking out. All right. The Phoenix. Phoenix Phoenix line has a good, it's a good line of flashlights. I highly recommend it. Okay. And next, have you ever been seriously injured before? Well, hell yes, I have. Um, I'm not counting the, the scrapes and bruises and contusions and and, and blood lost, all right, that's not really major, That's that just happens with the territory. Um, I've had two instances where I really messed myself up pretty bad. One of them was in Buffalo Central Terminal. We were hanging out in the freight depot there, and, uh, you know, the, the, the platform, the concrete platform, you could jump down off the platform and down to where the tracks would have been, and it's probably a good, I don't know, five-foot drop, and um, I did not realize that it was concrete down there, and my, my, my feet hit the ground flat, and I just, I messed up my left foot so bad. Uh, it hurt so bad the next day. It wasn't too bad while we were there because the adrenaline was keeping it going. But the next day, I could barely walk. Uh, and basically what I developed from that was a horrible, horrible case of plantar fasciitis that took me several years to clear up. It hurt like a mofo. Um, I don't recommend jumping down. I, I misjudged how far it was. And I did not hit the ground like I should have. And man, did it hurt. So, I mean, I guess it's not a serious injury, but when, it, when you can't walk right, <laughs> I guess that, you know, I would call that serious. Um, and and doing, what I do, doing what we do, you know, you need to be able to walk around and climb on things. If you can't do that, it kind of it makes it hard. Uh, and also doing what I do teaching, you got to be walking around all the time, too. 
So it, it was difficult. Um, the other thing that I did, I know I've talked about this before in other episodes. I almost fell through a floor in an old laboratory building in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, I was not looking where I was going, and I did not realize there was a hole where I walked, and I almost fell 12 feet down into the basement. The only thing keeping me from going was that I had lodged my, my shoulder into the, into the, against the wall as I fell. So, and it hit that wall so hard, just with the force of, like, you know, me, the entire weight of me, which is, you know, substantial, hitting that wall. Uh, I must have torn something. I don't know. I must have torn something. Uh, I could not move my arm past a certain point up. Um, I messed it up bad. Uh, and, and, you know, like an idiot, I didn't go to the doctor. I figured, well, I'll just let it heal. I won't, I won't, I won't mess with it. I won't you know, try to force it on anything, and it took months for me to get my movement back in my arm. I don't know what the hell I did, but it had to have been... I'm sure I have scar tissue internally from that. It was pretty bad. Uh, but it was either that or go go fall down 12 feet into the basement into who knows what. So I guess the pain was worth not dying for. I don't know. So, yes, those are my serious injuries. Um, I, well, I guess the other one, I, I, I did step on a nail. Again, I've mentioned this before in past episodes, but I stepped on a nail uh, underneath Westinghouse in Cleveland, the Westinghouse factory in the catacombs underneath the, the floors. Uh, there was a bunch of wood that had been piled up back to, uh, down there in, in the, one of the passageways. And, of course, there was a nail sticking straight up, and I put my foot right on top of that damn thing, and the nail went about an inch into my foot, and it hurt so damn bad. Um, my buddy had to like yank it up. He was like trying to tug this thing off my. I, I pull it out of my boot. It had gone through my boot into the, the 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 meat of my foot. It was like right in the arch, and it just oh, and blood, blood everywhere filled my sock. I was squelching around, and and, and at the time it just hurt a little bit. It wasn't until the next day that all of that kicked in. And luckily I'd had my shots too. Like recently I'd had I'd gotten my um, tetanus shots, so I didn't have to worry about that. But. Holy shit, did that. Just, I, I, that was the year I messed myself up so bad. That was 2019. 2019, 2020, where so much stuff happened to my body <laughs> that I should not have done or could have been avoided. Okay? Uh, so just let that be a lesson to you guys out there. Be careful. Use your brain. You know, check out where you're going before you go into the, to the, to the area that you're going into. Okay? All right, next question. Is there any urbex that is legal to do? Well, of course there is. Um, there's all kinds of stuff. It depends on how you label urbex, right? Urban exploration uh, doesn't necessarily mean abandoned. Um, there are lots of places you can tour legally. Uh, you pay them a fee, and you sign a waiver, and they let you loose. Uh, there's all kinds of different asylums and prisons where you can do that. For instance, Crescent Prison. I did an episode on that a couple weeks back. Uh, you can go to Crescent Prison. I think it's say like 30 or 40 bucks for most of the day. And you can wander around the whole place. They leave you alone. They don't, they don't mess with you. You can do that. Uh, Cary Furnace in Pittsburgh is an amazing place to go. For 30 bucks for three hours, you can wander around the whole complex for the most part. There are some old guys that are volunteers who will hound you and follow you and make sure you're not getting hurt, not realizing that we go into far worse places. But, eh, whatever. Uh, there's all kinds of places. You just have to look. Uh, and sometimes, you know, sometimes you can get permission to go into places as well. That's, I mean, I, I, there's several places that are off limits that I've been able to get myself into just by asking the owners and meeting up with the owners. And they let me in and we walk around and then they let me do my thing. And an hour later they come back and they close the doors up and we're good. Uh, so it just depends. There's plenty of legal stuff you can do. Uh, and not only that, but there's plenty of, you know, buildings you can go into architecturally that are fun to shoot. 
Fisher Building in Detroit, for instance. All right, the the county courthouse in Cleveland. You're allowed to walk into there and shoot with your camera. They just make you put your camera through the uh, the metal detector. But other than that, that's the kind of stuff you're allowed to do. There's plenty out there. You just have to look for it, for sure. Okay, next question. What is your ultimate nightmare scenario? Nightmare scenario, in quotes, while exploring. Um, well, I would say probably falling through a floor and becoming so injured that I can't get out and just laying there in a puddle of blood and muck and horribleness while my buddies go get a, you know, a rescue and I'm there by myself in the dark. You know, that, that would be my nightmare scenario. If you want to add even worse to it, uh, while they're gone, crackheads come in and are you know, trying to get to me to take my stuff. That would be a nightmare scenario. Um, just falling through a floor is my worst nightmare. And, of course, what do we do? We go into places where that's totally possible. In fact, uh, I'm looking at going back to Hudson Valley Psych here very shortly. Uh, that place is a death trap. It's beautiful, but it's a death trap. And I'm going to go wandering right in there where the floors could give way at any time. So, silly me, right? But that's, you know, I'm going to face my, face my nightmare scenario, and that's what will happen. All right, your next question here. Uh, you always mention that you are older than most who do this. Do you think being older gives you a different perspective than those who are younger in the community? Hell yeah, and it should. Um, you know, I'm 47, almost 48. Um, my life perspective and the way I look at things is much different than someone who's 20, right? Um, as an older person who's been through more, you have more experience to draw on. You have more, you know, you've already done your screwing up, so you kind of know what to what to expect and what to look for and, and what not to do. You know your limits. You know that you're not invincible. Uh, the older you get, the more you realize that you are not invincible. At a younger age, you think you are, and you do you do riskier things that could get you killed. And at an older, as an older guy, I, I know what my limits are. I know what I won't do and what I will do. And it's kept me out of trouble so far, for the most part, with a few obvious instances that we mentioned earlier. All right. Um, I just I think being older just makes you a little more level-headed. Uh, as you guys know, this community is uh, full of all kinds of different people, and there are lots of people who are not level-headed at all, who do all kinds of crazy shit um, that annoys a lot of us, right? But I, mean, I, I, I try to, you know, think before I do, or, you know, I always try to think before I say something online or I post something online, you know, wh wh how will this affect people? You, know, you kind of have to take that into, into consideration, and a lot of people don't. And that doesn't necessarily mean anything about age. Sometimes it just happens because people are assholes. There are people that are close to my age that do horrible things as well in the community. Um, but I think being older and, and having experience as a teacher, you know, dealing with some of the drama and the, the, the bullshit that happens with kids. Kids can be horrible and nasty to each other and nasty to you as a teacher as well. So you learn to let things roll off your back a lot. Uh, it's something at 47 I can do. People can be assholes to me, and I can just let it roll and be like, all right, whatever, dude, I don't care, and move on. Uh, sometimes younger people can't do that. They just have to get their revenge. They have to get their last word in, and uh, they make it worse for themselves by doing that. That's a whole other – I can do a whole episode on that, and maybe we will. I don't know. We've talked about that before. But uh, it definitely, I think older, being older definitely gives you a different perspective than, than, than the younger folks have. So – um, there's that. Next question. What exactly makes up the Rust Belt? I know you do a lot of posts that are labeled as in the Rust Belt. Well, the Rust Belt, 
um, is an area. Uh, it depends on who you talk to, how big it is, but it's anywhere from eastern PA um, all the way to maybe St. Louis, Missouri, all the way up to Green Bay, Wisconsin, or anything, anything in between there. Any industrial town or city that used to be powerful and used to have factories and jobs that collapsed during the 70s and 80s where the jobs all went away. It's a huge area, right? Huge area, again, from the Mississippi East pretty much uh, down to maybe uh, Ohio's southern border. Um, you might include Kentucky in that too, I don't know. But you know, states like Wisconsin and uh, Illinois and Indiana, uh, Ohio, western New York, uh, PA, places where they used to have steel mills and industries that are now gone. Uh, th- those are the Rust Belt. That's the Rust Belt. Uh, because everything got closed down and started to rust. All the machines started to rust, and uh, all the business went away. So that that's what the Rust Belt is, if you're wondering. Um, it's, a, it's a big place, and it's home. It's it's To me, it's beautiful. Uh, living amongst the wreckage sometimes gives you a different perspective than you might have living somewhere else in the country, You know, seeing all this old stuff that we used to have. For instance, like Bethlehem Steel. Uh, I have a whole episode on Bethlehem Steel in the works uh, in Pennsylvania, Lehigh on the Lehigh River, Bethlehem, PA. Holy shit, what an amazing place. But Bethlehem's part of the Rust Belt. Um, and luckily they've saved that, that steel mill uh, as, a, as a landmark that you can actually go visit and walk some of the way through. Really cool. But that's what we mean by the Rust Belt. All right? it's, a, it's a way of thinking. It's a, we're, we're all in this together kind of thing. We're brothers and sisters in the Rust Belt. We've survived something that the rest of the country didn't have to deal with as much. All right, so that's how I look at it. I mean, you may have your own take on it. I'd love to hear it if you do, so let me know. Uh, Next question, have you ever been urbexing in a different country? If so, where? If not, where would you most like to go? Well, I've never been anywhere else uh, out of the country to urbex. Canada is about as far as I've gone in any situation. I've never been exploring, in this instance, uh, anywhere else. I'd love to go to Canada. I know there's lots of mansions and cool stuff up there. Uh, I'd need to get a passport for that. Still have not gotten a passport. For you younger folks, it used to be easy, right? Older folks, you guys know, we used to just be able to whip out our, our, our IDs, our state IDs, and waltz right across the border pre-9-11 and just you know, come back and, you know, anything to declare? Nope. And you were back in. Can't do that anymore. Um, I would love to go to Germany. I would love to check out the, especially Eastern Germany, uh, their version of the Rust Belt, you know, the, the Ruhr Valley, uh, you know, where the Soviets built all these crazy massive factories that are now in the same situation ours are in, just rotting uh, and, and dissolving away. Lots of industrial stuff left behind in Germany. I would love to check it out. That's my homeland. That's where my mom is from. My mom came off the boat in 55 from Germany. So I would love to go back. I don't know if I have cousins there that I could stay with. That'd be amazing. But uh, I would love to go Germany and check it out. And not only that, not only to check out the abandoned stuff, but just to go sightseeing. I'd love to go to Hamburg and uh, uh, Berlin and just some different places to check out. So, yeah, Germany would be my, my pick amongst others. There, there's a bunch of other places I'd love to go. But Germany, for sure, is, is the one place I would most like to go. All right. All right, this next question is kind of cool. It actually came to me today. Um, from a gentleman I know in Detroit. He had some really cool insights that he wanted to share, and uh, I'll, I'll do my best with these. Here's his question. All right, where do you see Urbex in the future, 5, 10, 20 years from now? Will everything worth exploring be knocked down or renovated, or will much more ruins be created? Um, he's got more, and I'll, I'll kind of separate out into other questions. But let me tackle that part first. Um, Urbex in the future. 
Um, as of right now, as the way things are right now, uh, with the economy where it's at, I don't know that it's going to get better. I think a lot of the stuff that we enjoy and have grown to love is going to be demolished and uh, probably replaced with, as you guys know, shitty condos, right? Shitty condos and box stores. That's what it gets replaced by. And uh, they try to fancy it up and make it all bougie. Um, that's what's happening all over the place. Uh, you know, it's anywhere you go, any, any town, any city you go, all the cool stuff's coming down and they're putting up shit in its place. Uh, stuff that, that's not architecturally interesting, stuff that's not historically interesting, stuff that will not be here in 50 more years. Um, you know, now will that change? It depends on what happens with the economy. You know, and we'll talk about that with the next part of the question here in a minute. But, uh, I, I have a feeling a lot of the cool stuff will be gone. Uh, this year alone, we've seen, seen so many things get knocked down. So many cool factories just in Detroit alone. Um, there's a couple that have been gone, you know, gone in this Rust Belt area that are no longer here. But, you know, I think Detroit took the brunt of that this year. A lot of the coolest stuff we, we used to go check out is now erased. Um, I only see that continuing as long as the economy is good and there's no signs of it tanking yet, especially on a level of 2008, right? The economy took a major dump in 2008, and that was what caused so much of the destruction that we, we now explore, all right? But, um, I don't know. It just depends. Uh, he asks, you know, will, will much more ruins be created? I think if the ruins, if there's ruins at all, we'll be exploring old box stores. Malls, for sure, will be, will be around to explore, at least temporarily, before they tear them down. They seem to be tearing malls down very quickly these days. Um, churches. There'll be a lot of churches. Um, I hate to break it to you folks that are religious out there, but uh, uh, churches aren't, aren't doing too well anymore. People are leaving organized religion like crazy, and uh, the churches are just being abandoned and left behind. Um, every city I've ever been in has more and more churches to explore. Every year there's, there's something closing down. So there'll be that. All right. Um, second part of the question asks, will an economic crash like 2008 or worse create droves of fresh ruins? Uh, yes, <laughs> I think that will be the case. Any kind of, of huge bombing that we took in 2008, uh, you know, that was a massive, massive drop-off. That will definitely cause more, more things to shut down. You know, uh, it just, I hope that doesn't happen. You know, you, you, you want things to explore, but do you want the whole country to go down the shitter just to get those things? I don't know if it was worth it, but, you know, we did get some cool stuff to explore because of, of, of the, the massive, you know, the massive horrible depression we had in 2008. Uh, climate change. Yes, will climate change change things? Will people be taking boats to explore the ruins of places like Miami, Galveston, and New Orleans that are now partially submerged underwater? Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, if things continue, uh, maybe not 20 years, but maybe like 50 years from now, if things continue on how they are with climate change, yeah, I think I think the sea level will rise. You'll see these cities get submerged. People will be rowing boats out to ruins to go check them out. I think that will definitely happen. You know, explorers are, are innovative like that. We'll find ways to get there. We'll rent boats. We'll do whatever we have to do. Uh, we'll get out there and, and check it out. Uh, I would not imagine it'd be crazy to say that people would go scuba diving to go check out ruins. Uh, you know, go dive down below below the, the sea level to see what's down there uh, at some point. And by that time, they'll probably have you know perfectly good cameras that would last underwater, you know, under the pressure or water pretty pretty well. You know, I'm, I'm guessing in 50 years, camera technology will be wildly crazier than it is now. 
much more complex and much more uh, powerful. And we'll see. <laughs> I'll be old by then. I don't know. I'll be I'll be super old. I'd like to think I'll be out there exploring when I'm 60 or 70, if I can, maybe. Um, or I'll just be the old man telling stories. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll cross our fingers. We'll cross that when we come to it. Um, it basically finishes off saying, "What strange, new, terrible, and amazing things await us in the future, professional student of history?" I don't know. <laughs> That's the best answer I can give you. I don't know. Uh, it just depends on what happens. Uh, the future is unwritten. You know, it's kind of like you know, it's, it's the whole Terminator thing. You know, there is no fate. Uh, the future is not written. I don't know. Uh, we could have a massive economic drop-off. You know, this country could go down to shitter completely. And uh, if that's the case, most of us probably won't have the money to go exploring. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Or there will be nobody that can afford to have electricity to see it on the Internet. I don't know. I hope that's not the case. But uh, we will find out someday. And we'll be here to record it if we can. So stay tuned. All right, uh, what's the nastiest location you've ever been to? Could be conditions, toxicity, sheer sludginess, etc. Um, I'm going to go with a factory in Akron, Ohio. Uh, it used to be a steel foundry. Uh, if anybody's from Ohio, you probably know what I'm talking about. There's this place in, in Akron that was once a steel foundry, and there is so much gasoline and oil and chemicals that are that have leaked out of things into this building. Uh, there's a depressed a depressed area in one part where the they must have dug dirt out, or maybe they removed something from that place and just didn't fill it in with dirt. Water has settled into this place. We're talking like a foot of water or more, and the chemicals have have leached into this water and formed a soup. It's a red, orangey soup. And I don't know what would happen if you stuck your finger in it. You might dissolve your finger doing that. I don't know. But that is probably one of the grossest places I've ever been. Walking through it, it's just, uh, just, just if you can avoid putting your feet in it in any, any situation, it just, you sink down into it. it. It's just this gross red sludge. And you know there's nothing good in that sludge. Like anything that's in that sludge is bad for you in a thousand different ways. So that's probably the nastiest location I've been to. Um, I mean, there's others. There's, 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 you know, just, just for the sheer dampness of it. Um, I've been in factories before that are just inundated. They're like, you know, a couple, a foot underwater. Uh, the floor is just, you know, it's you're walking around and your boots are completely flooded with water. Uh, stuff like that. But I have to say that factory is probably the sludgiest, grossest, most toxic place I've ever been. It's an EPA nightmare. And it's probably why it's still standing, because no one wants to clean it up. No one wants to tear that down. Right? Um, off the top of my head, that's the one place I can think of. Okay? Next question. You always mention that you teach kids on the podcast. What grade and subject do you teach? Do your kids know about your adventures, or do you keep it secret? All right, well, first of all, I teach 7th grade, and I teach world history. That's the, the Greeks and the Romans and medieval times and the Renaissance, so all the blood and guts and mayhem, all the fun stuff, uh, I get to talk about that. Um, you know, anything from Roman concrete uh, you know, to Spartans slaughtering people to uh, castles and, and, and uh, the Inquisition, you know, torture, torture devices in the Inquisition. Uh, we, we, we cover it all. And I have a blast doing it. I dress up in costumes. I do all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, 
I tell I tell the stories from the books in ways that interest the kids. Uh, I try to anyway uh, by including all the fun stuff, the blood, um, the crazy psychopaths that have been in history. We actually talk about those people and flesh them out. Think about any textbooks you've ever written, or I'm sorry, not written but read. All right, they're boring as hell, and no kid wants to read that. So we try to bring out the best, the, the, the best stuff. Right, we put the meat back on the bones for them. So that's that's fun. Um, that's what I do. That's why I like to tell stories. That's what I do every day. <laughs> uh, do my kids know about these adventures? Uh, yes. Many of them do. Uh, I, I, I tell them at the beginning of the year, this is what I do on the weekends. Um, while I'm not a, a kind of an, you know, while I'm teaching you guys during the week, it's, it's very, it may seem very dull. On the weekends, I'm doing Indiana Jones stuff. Uh, I'm going out and running around and, 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 and crawling through holes and through windows and jumping across chasms and all kinds of stuff, uh, you know, minus the Nazis. Instead, we get crackheads you know, instead of Nazis. But, um, you know, <laughs> that's what we do. Uh, so they know. And usually they ask me, oh, what, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, and I'll tell them. And usually they're, they're able to, if they want to get me off topic, they will ask me questions about whatever I did that weekend. Or what I did that summer, you know, and I can, they, they know, they know, they know that I will get talking about it and they'll get all kinds of crazy stories from me. Some of them do listen to this podcast. So if you're out there, ladies and germs, all right, it's, it's, I'm glad you're here. Glad you're listening. Hope you guys are behaving yourselves. All right. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, do you have any merch or sell prints? That's the next question. I don't have any merch. Um, I've thought about it. I've thought about doing t-shirts, you know, like a Mr. P Explorers t-shirt. Uh, basic kind of thing, you know, you know, white on black, maybe something like that. Um, if you guys would like to see that, you know, let me know. Drop me a line. Uh, if you guys would be interested in, in, in buying a T-shirt, you know, I would I would love to put some out. That'd be great. If I have an interest in it happening, I would love to do it. Uh, selling prints, likewise. I, I I always plan on putting together a prints page for people to buy prints, and it just always I always it always gets it gets put on the back burner. Um, I have one that's like half finished, and I just haven't finished creating the website yet. Uh, so one of these days, I'll have a place to sell prints. One of these days, I'll be doing that. So I guess stay tuned. Uh, and likewise, if you want merch, let me know what you're interested in, and maybe we'll see what we can do. All right. Next up, what other artistic outlets do you have outside of photography and urbex? Do you do anything else on your free time? Well, I do. I'm a huge reader. Uh, I got like stacks of books uh, by my nightstand. I read like a madman. Um, I love doing just research on stuff. I'm a huge movie nerd. I love movies. Um, I quote way too many movies. People that I work with are like, what the hell are you talking about? Uh, I'm the only, one of the only Gen Xers in my in my cohort at school, most of them are millennials. They've never heard of any of the movies that I've seen. So I'm quoting like Blade Runner and, you know, stuff from the 80s. And I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? I love movies. Music is huge for me. Uh, if you followed this long enough, you guys know I'm big into music. Um, I have hundreds and hundreds of albums here at home. I love music a lot, a lot. Uh, I used to be a DJ back in the day at a radio station. Uh, it was good times. Um, artistic outlets. I mean, well, obviously I'm doing this. Um, I, you know, writing in general. I like to write, right? I mean, most of these most of these podcasts are, uh, if they're not scripted, I, I've written something out ahead of time to kind of let me remind myself what I'm going to talk about. I, I love writing up scripts for for the podcast uh, when we do actual real episodes uh, about stuff. So that's there. Uh, I mean, I would, I would try anything. I'd, lo- I'd love to try some... Uh, I'd, lo- I'd love to learn how to, how to do some spray paint art maybe someday. I don't know. We'll see. Um, 
I'll try anything, you know. Uh, I'm always looking for something different to uh, expand. So, yeah, that's what I do. Um, on my free time, I mean, yeah, I love traveling around, um, even if it's not urban exploration, you know, going to museums and checking out new restaurants and just, you know, stuff like that. I love a good show once in a while, heading off to a, a you know, a music venue and seeing a show. Hasn't happened in a long time, uh, with the exception of, of when we were in Albany this <laughs> a couple months ago, uh, when I was there with Trespass Tours, we went to go see a metal show. Um, that was a little nuts. That was a new experience, <laughs> but yeah, those are, that's what I do. That's what I got going on. Um, all right, I got two more two more questions left. We're almost through the questions here, but uh, the next question is: Spooky season is coming up. Do you believe in ghosts? Have you ever seen one in some of the places you have been? Um, I believe in ghosts. I believe in spirits. I believe in you know energy and things like that. Um, I I I've been reading about it since I was a kid. I've always been fascinated by it. I always watch all the paranormal shows on TV. Uh, paranormal Witness was one of my favorites. You know, back in the uh, probably early two thousands was a terrifying a terrifying series. If you've never seen that, see if you can go back and find it. Paranormal Witness was terrifying in so many ways. Um, I used to love watching uh, Unsolved Mysteries for the ghost stuff. All right, um, I have never seen one in anywhere that I've ever been. And it may just be that my makeup isn't set up for that. Maybe I, maybe I can't see them. Um, I've felt weird things at times. Um, like I've been watched, even though there's nobody there. Like legit, nobody. You can look around the room and there's nobody there, but you feel like you're being watched. So yes, um, that has happened. Uh, but I've never seen one. Not yet. Um, and I would be interested someday in doing a ghost hunt with somebody that does it professionally. I'd love to go and shoot as they are doing their thing and just kind of document what they're doing. That'd be kind of fun and just be along for the ride. Um, I would definitely be down for that. So if you're out there and you're listening and you do that kind of stuff, let me know. I would love to hook up with you guys and maybe do some collab. Um, that'd be fun. But, uh, no, uh, I believe in all kinds of cryptids and stuff like that. I'm a big dork like that. Like, I, I definitely believe that like, Sasquatch probably exists somewhere, somewhere in the world. Maybe not everywhere, but somewhere there, there's a giant biped running around. Um, you know, the world's a weird place. You know, I, all these people have seen things. I can't imagine all of them were lying. You know, somebody's, somebody's seeing this stuff out there. So who knows? Um, and maybe I'm wrong, but it's still fun to think about, right? All right. So, um, I, I, and by the way, I love Halloween season. I love this time of year. It's just a wonderfully weird time. Every year I tell the Mothman story to my kids. I tell the story of, of Point Pleasant right around Halloween. It's a good Halloween story, even though it's still, you know, November is when it happened. But uh, we have a blast with that every year. So I'm looking for, I'm, I'm the kids, I'm, I'm building it up for them. So spooky season is definitely an awesome time to tell the Mothman story. Um, last question. What kind of music do you listen to, Mr. P? Um, Lots of stuff. You know, this kind of goes uh, with my artistic outlet uh, question above. I love rock. I'm a big rock fan, but lots of types of rock. You know, classic rock. I go back to the 50s. We're talking doo-wop. Um, you know, any of that stuff. You know, the, 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 the bubblegum pop of the 70s, uh, power pop of the 90s, um, grunge, classic rock, uh, acid rock. You name it, man. Um, some of the heavier stuff. Like, it just depends on my mood. Right, I love that stuff. Um, I've been known to listen to jazz. I've been known to listen to classical. Uh, I love soundtrack music. I love um, just well orchestrated stuff. Um, ambient music can be fun. Uh, video game soundtrack ambient music can be great. Uh, one of my favorite soundtracks of all time is the Disco Elysium soundtrack. It is one of the most 
uh, atmospheric and surreal soundtracks that I know of. If you've never if you've never played Disco Elysium or watched a Let's Play of it, definitely do so. Um, it is an amazing game, and the music is fantastic. But uh, um, I listen to a bunch of stuff. Um, I'm not so much a fan of modern shit music, <laughs> and this is me being old, I guess. Um, like I'm not I'm not a Swifty. Sorry, Swifties. If you're a Swifty, like that's not my bag. Um, you know, modern pop music that all sounds the same. It ain't my bag. Anything that's got auto tune in it, it's not me. Um, and you can like that stuff if you want. I'm not saying don't like that stuff. It's just not my thing. Um, you know, everybody's got their own thing, their own tastes, but uh, not mine. Uh, I'm not a huge rap fan. I appreciate rap for what it is. I appreciate that, that, that it's an art form for people, for certain people that, that, that enjoy it. Uh, it's just not, it just, just doesn't speak to me. All right, I can appreciate the artistry in it and the fact that it's it's crafted. You know, that there are good rappers and not so great rappers, just like there's you know, great rockers and not so great rockers. Uh, I can appreciate it. Um, I got your back, even though I don't like really. It doesn't speak to me. Um, country, I can't stand. I just can't. I cannot do country. I just can't do it. Uh, I do like old school country. If you go back to Johnny Cash and like you know th- those days, like what was raw, raw country. That I that I kind of enjoy in 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 moderation, but uh, you know that's pretty much where we're at. Um, I can appreciate things without liking it or listening to it. I can appreciate that it exists. Uh, you know, country has its place. There have been some good things in country. Modern country just seems like everything else these days is just overdone and pop. It's just it's, it's just spewed out for the masses. It's not anything you know really deep. Um, Lots of music these days is not deep. It's just crap that's put out to make some money. Uh, there's always been that kind of stuff, but more so now than ever before. With 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 easy access to music, I guess it's it's become cheap. But anyway, I'm not gonna get into that stuff with you guys. That's a whole other discussion for a whole different place. Um, I've actually been asked. Somebody actually said to me, "You should do a podcast about being a Gen Xer and talk about all the crazy shit that you remember from when you were a kid." And I've thought about that. So that that might actually happen. I don't know. Anyway, um, that's all I've got for today. All right, those, those were the questions that you guys sent to me. Those are the ones we picked out for today. Uh, so I hope you had a good time just hearing me you know, ramble on about different things. Uh, it's nice to get one of these in every now and again and just talk to you guys about random stuff that you want to know about. Um, so, yeah, I hope you guys had fun. Uh, and I hope you are tuning in this, I, w- I want to say, maybe tomorrow or maybe Saturday, sometime this weekend. I am looking at putting out the next episode of Mr. P's Rust Belt Mythology. We are looking at a group of beings called the Melonheads, the Melonheads of Kirtland, Ohio. Kirtland is a suburb of Cleveland. Uh, what the hell's a Melonhead? Well, you'll just have to tune in and find out. I will let you know. I will fill you in. All right, so stay tuned for that. It's a creepy, crazy story, perfect for this time of the year. All right, so uh, with that, I want to let you guys go. Have an amazing weekend. Uh, Get out there and explore, or if not, enjoy your time with your family or whatever it is you're doing. All right, but be be well. Have, Have a wonderful weekend, and I will talk to you guys on the next one. Take it easy, and we'll see you later. This is Mr. P signing off.